0: do 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 to TH Glee, the show where we get high and watch Glee. I'm Courtney, and I've never seen all of Glee. And I'm Elise, and Glee was my entire personality back in the day. I know for the listeners, we are both consuming weed legally and are allowed to have it, so if it is not legal in your area or you are not of legal age to consume it, please don't. And yes, we will be trashing Will Schuster in every episode. Please enjoy this, and hi us, take it away. (laughs) (laughs) Hooty-hoo, Welcome back. THG Live. Uh, THG Live and in person. We did it. I hate this episode. It's it's really bad. I had forgotten how bad it was. Like, I knew it was really bad. Like, I just wrote the other day in, like, my paper how bad it was. Yeah. It was way, way worse than I remembered. The It's just so tone deaf off the bat. It, like, it, it's- it genuinely... <laughs> It's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. (laughs) This episode is about a young Latino girl coming out as a lesbian. And that should be like a win for representation on television. This episode... Absolute fuck, absolute fucking loss for the queer community. This was hot garbage. Everyone keeps spending the entire episode telling Santana she just needs to come out already. So she doesn't actually get to do it on her terms. Kurt's trying to relate to her and be like, when I came out, it was really hard too. But like, Kurt, bud, you gotta do it on your own terms. You weren't forced out of the closet by Finn screaming you're a lesbian down the hallway. And, like, then, and then, so like, Finn... Finn starts by doing something... That is good, because, like, Santana's, like, gonna get suspended for slapping Finn, and then Finn's like, she didn't slap me, that didn't happen, and so they can't suspend her, and I'm like, oh, so maybe he feels bad about forcing her out of the closet. No, he's only doing it so that he can blackmail her, and he's saying that if she doesn't do what he wants, which is, like, come out by doing his lesson plan for the Glee Club, then he will go to Figgins and say, actually, she did slap me, and she will be suspended. And it's like, you just can't have good intentions for once in your sorry life. You have to, like, double down on this awful thing that you did to her. Yeah, and then, on top of all that, the lesson is that they're doing songs by women, which, whoopty fucking doofin, you know a girl. Like... (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't actually... By the way, sense. this episode is Season 3, Episode 7, right? I think so. Uh, it's called I Kissed a Girl. <laughs> Which, naming the, the lesbian coming out episode after the shitty Katy Perry song that's, like, one of the single most notoriously questionable, like, queer-coded songs, like, it's, it's, it's a bold choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a ballsy move. And like, weirdly enough, when they sing the song, it's no, make no mistake. It's tone deaf. It's it's bad that they're doing it. Yes. And the context is really stupid, and it's dumb that all the straight girls sing it with Santana. Mm-hmm. However, it was like the best part of the episode, yeah, <laughs> which and even then I didn't love it. Yeah, even then, I was like cringing a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, so Finn's lesson plan is to do songs by ladies. To like help Santana come out, it I doesn't guess. make sense. And so it starts with first of all, Mr. Shue was like fully on board with this. Shelby's also there because they're and they're merging Troubletones and New Directions for this week's lesson. Mr. Shue immediately dropping his like fake pretense from the previous week about caring about Santana oh, because yeah. in the first scene when they're with Figgins, he's like, "You did slap him for no good reason. You do have to have a consequence." And it's like. But you know what the reason is. You were just consoling her you just, over the reason. Uh, so, like, is that really not a good enough reason to lash out? Like, I get that, like, you can't just, like, hit people all the time. But what he did was way, way worse. The thing is, is that everyone is acting like it wasn't Finn's fault. Yeah, nobody is saying Finn should be suspended for outing a student. No. No one is saying that. Finn's the savior in this episode because he sings a slow Version oh my god. Cindy Loppers girls just want to have fun at Santana and makes her cry. In like a good way, I guess. The w- but before that, we start with Kurt and Blaine <laughs> singing Fucking Perfect by Pink at yeah. Santana. Yeah. And it's bad. It's not their best moment. Um, it's okay. But Santana's like, guys, great. This fucking sucks still. Like you singing a pink song isn't gonna make me feel better. They shouldn't have started with that one because it read as patronizing. Mm -hmm. Especially after Kurt gave his little speech about how it's very important to come out when it like if if you're queer you have every right to never come out. It's nobody's business. And you should only make it other people's business if you want to and if you're, like, confident that you're not going to get hurt further by doing so. Yeah. And, like, Finn's rationale to Santana about why he actually wants her to do this is he's like, I care about you and I don't want you to die. Like, another gay kid committed suicide this past week, which, like, to be fair, was a very real problem that was happening at the time. Yes. Um. However, he's like it's just because you're so aggressive all the time and eventually that's not going to be good enough for you and you'll start being aggressive on yourself. And then he thinks girls just want to have fun. And it is, all of it sucks. Like, it just sucks. And, like, I, (laughs) it just, I read, I've read a lot of, like, scholarly critique of Glee Mm -hmm. lately and I've been, like, working on my own and there's, like, a whole, like, essay that I read that's, like, takes its title from this episode where she says, you're trying to force me out of the flannel closet. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, all about how this episode is, like, so weirdly catered to straight people. Meanwhile, a, any queer person on Earth that watches this episode would be horrified. It is horrifying. Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, we're we're horrified. <laughs> I'm horrified. Like, the fact that, like, because I was saying as we were watching it, Kurt's coming out episode was so sweet and so cute, and to, And, to, and so like bubbly. handled with like the utmost of care. And he is a white cis man. Yeah. And the minute it's a it's a queer woman of color, it's just all rules are thrown out the window, and we have to cater to the white men in this room. Yeah, because Finn really is treated as a hero. It- yeah. The the directing of it and the way that the other characters interact with these two characters, it's clear that they think Finn is correct yeah. in his approach. So, therefore, the writers of this show think that this kind of behavior is not only acceptable, but should be celebrated, and I just am so confused as to why. Because it's not like there wasn't a gay guy in the room, you know? Like, yeah. there were plenty of gay people that worked on this show. Mm-hmm. Ryan Murphy, first and foremost... And like he doesn't count. That none of these people thought that this was inappropriate is kind of insane to me. Yeah, like why would anyone ever want to be on Finn's side? I don't know. And it's so weird to me how the show continues to paint him as this hero and this amazing leader when every two seconds he's picking a fight over something stupid or he's bumbling around and doing something incredibly inappropriate that like directly hurts his peers. And also, not to remind the fact that when Kurt came out, everyone was like, yeah, you're definitely gay. But when Santana comes out, everyone's like, every man in that school is like, well, I can make you straight. You just haven't met the right dude yet. And it's like, why, why is Kurt allowed to be, like, gay? He was still bullied for it, but why is he allowed to be, like, seen as gay? But Santana has to be seen as somebody who's just going through a phase. I think, honestly... I mean, we talked about this as we were watching this. I think, had there maybe been some more women on the writing stuff? Literally any woman. <laughs> I, I want to double check and make sure we're not talking out of our ass, because I know that in season three they did add... Like one woman writer, so I I want to be sure that she didn't somehow write this episode. If you're gonna write a show that includes most uh, mostly cast of women, because there are a lot of women in this show, yeah, you need some women on the writing team. Yeah, fucking hell! Like (laughs) this is the same problem with Hannah Montana, though. No, this episode was written by a man. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can just tell. Also, never mind the other fact, the second, the, the B plot is Puck and Shelby fucking. Oh my like, god. Like, she calls him in the middle of math class because Beth, like, split her lip open or something and had to get stitches, and then it cuts from them being at the hospital to them getting dressed out of bed. Like, yeah. Like, it, it's bad. Yeah. And then it cuts to the saddest scene in the episode, which is Santana coming out to her grandmother, which is, her Abuelita did not care for that. Like... The writer who wrote this episode—he wrote this one. Did he write others this season? Uh, he wrote the he wrote the Saturday Night Fever episode, but he's like a staff writer. But like the actual episodes that are credited to him mm-hmm. are some of the more bonkers ones. Oh God! Like the sh- school shooting one, oh, the Jesus. puppet one. <laughs> the puppet one. You don't know about the puppet one? No. Pretend I didn't say anything. <laughs> When's the puppet one? Season five. Jesus, damn it! What the fuck is this show? <laughs> I blame him. What's this man's name? Matthew Hodgson. Fuck you, Matthew Hodgson. This is all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh boy. Okay. Okay. Um, and then- <laughs> Not only on top of that, the Pagadina storyline, there's also the fucking elections happening simultaneously. Yeah. So Kurt doesn't get elected as president. Brittany does. But Rachel stuffs the ballot boxes and is apparently really bad at math because she does it incorrectly. And... Yeah, she puts in too many ballots. She puts in, like, more ballots than there are students. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, Kurt almost gets suspended for it. But then the episode ends... I'm just gonna get to the ending. The episode ends with Rachel walking, crying into the choir room. And it's like... I told Principal Figgins that I stuffed the ballot boxes. I got suspended for a week. It's going on my permanent record. And by the way, I can't compete in sectionals or whatever. Yeah, which is next week. Yeah. And everyone's like, done, done, done. That's how the episode ends. That's they the- also, it's, like Rachel says it, there's like maybe one second and then it cuts to credits. Like yeah. it is, it is... Immediate, yeah, she's like, I can't compete at sectionals. (gasps) Do 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 do, do, do. it's just like (laughs) wild, smash cut. So, she can't be in sectionals now. And then, the other thing with uh, Kurt freaking out because he's like, I'm never gonna get into Niata if I don't become school class president. Which I don't know why they care if you're school class president, they don't. That's not like that, like Niata's the sort of school where you can get cut. Yeah, which is like so they don't they don't care about your extracurriculars. It's purely based on your talent and work ethic. It's about your audition for (laughs) Niaa. Like that's what's in your like letters of recommendation or whatever. Yeah, that's purely what it's about. Yeah. So, on top of all that, the the Congress election is happening with Bert's dad, Kurt's dad, not Bert's dad. Bert Bert, is the dad. Bert is dad. Dad. Bert. (laughs) Sue starts dating Cooter. Oh, to, like, God, prove that so she's not weird. a lesbian because, God forbid, she be a lesbian. I guess, like... Yeah. Like, the the fact that every episode Beast or Sue has to go, you know, as a girl who loves men. Like, <laughs> <laughs> in that voice. It, no, that's the, that is the voice. I'm a girl and I love men. <laughs> they both sound like that. Yeah. I was saying they should fuck, but, you know, whatever. So... Sue steals Cooter from Beast, and Beast is really sad about it. And so she's saying this. <laughs> Jolene! <laughs> I remembered that this was about to happen, like, 30 seconds before it started. Yeah, at least your lady goes, oh, I remember what happens next. <laughs> I was like, what? The thing is, I whenever I remember a song that's about to happen that I haven't thought about in, like, 10 years, I... It's always right before, and I'm always like, I can't say a word, I just need to wait for the needle drop and for Courtney to turn and give me a horrified look. And sure, did I deliver it? <laughs> you, you you were, like, upset at, like, 90% of the needle drops in this episode. Like, I think, I, like, Constant Craving was the only one where you weren't like, oh my God, I have to go. Here's the thing about this episode. I hated it the minute it started. Yeah, no, it started no, real bad. No part of this episode I liked. Like, it, when someone, it really sucked. It really sucked. Like, I guess the girl could have been good, but the context was that some sophomore rugby. Which douche, also Santana's a senior. Yeah. And, like, is like the head of the cheerleading squad. Like, like, oh, like the don't balls talk on this down dude. to her. Like, he comes up to her and it's like, I'm gonna make you straight, baby. Like, you just have, I'm the right dude for you. And she's like, you need to go away. And then all of the other women show up. And he's like, oh, a bunch of lesbians over here. And they're like, yeah, what if we are? Rachel Rachel was like, so what if I am? (laughs) And then as they're saying, I kissed a girl, which it is Rachel and Santana, by the way. Yeah. Quinn and Rachel, like, have a fun little hug. They, they, like, touch each other while they are in this. Also, Quinn... We haven't had a good Fauberi moment in quite a while. They really don't interact very much. No, and also, I don't know if it's just because Leah Michelle is short, but Quinn looks so tall in this episode. She was wearing some pretty serious, uh, heels. Yeah. I don't know how she got away with that. Yeah. Well, they were, like, wedge heels. Yeah. But, like... But they were still pretty tall. It's just Santana... And Britney, and then all of the straight women singing this stupid song. And, like, because the trouble tones are, like, combined with them this week, so, like, Mercedes and Sugar are part of it. But Mercedes doesn't even say anything this episode, once again. Poor Mercedes. She's getting looked over every other episode now. She got to have a storyline at the start of the season where she was painted as a villain. Yeah. Despite being right about, like, 90% of the things that she said. And since then, she has not been allowed to speak. I don't know if this is a fact. I'm not going to like call anyone racist, but I feel like there's a lot of painting women of color in the show as villains. Yes. Cuz Santana yes. is the villain for not wanting to come out. Yeah. Mercedes is the villain for wanting to have a starring role in the glee club. Yeah. Like these women are being painted as villains for just Tina was a villain for faking a stutter. Tina was a villain for faking a stutter. Quinn's a villain for Tina's going to be a crazy. villain later too. Quinn's Quinn's not a person of color, but Quinn is being painted as a villain because of her own depression that nobody wants to help her with. Okay, can we talk about that scene? Yeah. Um, With her and Puck? Yes. So Puck has just finished fucking... Shelby. Gina (laughs) Benzel. We cut to (laughs) Santana coming out to her grandma. It doesn't go well. And then we cut immediately again to Puck fucking Quinn. (laughs) (laughs) It is a weird sandwich of sadness. Yes. And... I also have to say that I think I realize what's been off-putting about Adina Menzel in this season to me. It's because like her styling is like wrong. Yeah. Like like her hair is blonder than it was before, but her skin is also like more tan. Yeah, and they keep giving her these very light lips. Yeah, and she just looks weird. <laughs> she she looks weird.
1: Anyway, and also the angles
0: that show just how square her jaw is. That's true. They, they do her a little dirty in the angle department. Yeah, it's like, come on. We can, we can like, tilt up a little bit on the camera a little more. Right. But so, so, Puck does sleep with Shelby. Yes. And then immediately he's like, this is so great. And she's like, get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Like, this is a mistake. And so, he then he goes, Puck goes to Quinn's. I guess Quinn had told him earlier that if he came over that night... They would have sex. Yeah, she was like, "You're gonna have sex with me tonight," and he was like, "Maybe." Um, actually, that's not what he said. He said he would rather raw dog a beehive, a beehive, than sleep with her. But then Shelby is turned quite him down. An image. Yeah, Shelby was like, "Get out," because this is wrong. And he's like, "All right, fine. I'm gonna go fuck Quinn." So he goes to Quinn's. She's like, "He's like, do you have protection?" And she's like, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> she confesses that. Okay, she can't have Beth. She'll just make another Beth, basically. Yeah, which is (laughs) so rough. And he, like, brushes her off. And she goes, it's fine. There's, like, 20 other guys that would all kill to love me. And, like... Give me a baby or whatever. And I'm like, oh, can you name some names, girl? Because <laughs> you've been on a bit of a downward slope yeah, lately. you were with the, the skanks or whatever, the sluts. She still looks very hot, though. She does. She looks hot in this episode. She looks hot in the last one, too. But Puck finally actually says truth. Someone has actually vocalized Quinn's problem, which is that ever since she got pregnant... She has been in a downward spiral and is not okay and is clearly acting out. And does he actually say that she needs help? No. He just, he, he's like, you're a mess. Basically he and, just says that you're being crazy, but it's and, not your fault. Right. But again, he stops short of suggesting that she speak to a professional yeah. or that he help her get through this. He's just like... You're crazy, but it's not your fault. And it's like, well, uh, it's kind of a consolation. It's kind of somebody finally addressing the elephant in the room of Quinn's mental health. But also it's like not going far enough. And I know that in the next episode, it's just more of people yelling at Quinn. And it's just like, I just don't know how much more of it I can take when like she is just struggling so hard. Why doesn't Sue help Quinn? Sue really cared about Quinn. And felt bad that she had to kick her off the Cheerios for being pregnant. You know, like I don't know why Sue hasn't stepped in and been like, "Listen, you need a m- mentor again." Because they've been just using Sue for fucking messing with Beast reasons now. Yeah, Sue like really has nothing to do with the Glee Club. She has nothing to do. This she season. has. She hasn't interacted with Will like at all. Will has barely been in this season. Thank Which all. I mean, it's a win, but it's not gonna last. No, um, it never does. I don't know if you noticed, but um, in a few episodes... Oh. Oh. Are you familiar with the performance of We Found Love? In a Hopeless Place? Mm Mm-hmm. No. Okay. I don't want to be. I don't know if I want to (laughs) be. It's in that episode. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. (sighs) Ugh. But yeah, so, like, this episode had... Many downs, not a lot of ups. Yeah, so I would say, so the songs in this episode, we had... Talking Perfect. Yes. Uh, we had I'm the Only One, which Puck sang, mm-hmm. which, good song. And, then, and he, he does mm-hmm. give a good performance in it. I do, yeah, I do. Like I just it. wish it was somebody else. I just wish it wasn't Puck, yeah. um, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, I Kissed a Girl, Jolene. Jolene and Constant Craving. So that's six. Constant Craving was definitely my favorite. Yeah. I think that one was mine. I liked the way that that scene was shot. Mm -hmm. I liked that it started and ended with Santana kind of finally getting an actual moment to... Yeah. Like, be in her narrative. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a lot. But I like that it started with that, and then it kind of moved to Shelby, who sang a verse... And then we got to see Kurt, um, you know, feeling bittersweet about his dad winning the congressional seat, and then mm-hmm. having to send his application. and um, And he sounds great on the song. And then we see Rachel crying through the hallway. And then the song ends. And then Rachel comes and says the line, and the episode ends. But I really liked "Constant Craving," and also I really like that song. Yeah, I like the songs that they picked in this that were actually by queer artists. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jolie wasn't bad, it was just weird. <laughs> it was weird, yeah. And I, I feel bad, because I do think that uh, Coach Beast is trying her very best. And I don't think she sounds bad or anything. No. It just, you know, it's always going to feel a little odd for this show, which is about all of these hyper-talented young people, when like... Just a normal middle-aged person starts singing. Yeah. It's always going to be a little off. It's like when they make Jane Lynch sing, too. Yeah. It's just this, like, weird quality of, like, who's this for? Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't sing anymore, And she does a great job with it. You know, she does the best with what she works with. Yeah. It's just, it's always going to be... It's it's never going to be anyone's favorite number, you know? She really likes men, too, so... (laughs) She gives this speech... To Cooter and Sue. And it's like, Cooter, I'm in love with you. And but but And we, like, never actually see the resolution of it. Um, no, because Cooter's just like, but I like being with Sue. I don't know. That's it. That was all that happened. I mean, that's not the end of the storyline. I know, but, like, that's what We're we... We're gonna get more of this nonsense. <laughs> Thank God. I can't wait. It's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> I have to say that my least favorite song was Finn singing the slowest version of Girls Just Wanna Have fun. I actually have a fun fact about this. Um, tell me. And this is not the only time that this happened. It also happened um, in, like, one song in season four, I think. hmm Where... So the music producer's for Glee. Yes. It's, like, Ryan Murphy and this, like, guy. This, like, blonde guy and his wife. And... Um, And obviously, they do a lot of unique arrangements on this show Mm -hmm. that are, like, different than the originals. Mm -hmm. However, in this particular case, this arrangement of Girls Just Want to Have Fun had been put out by, like, an actual singer previously. And uh, when they recorded this version, which is, like, a rip-off of this other person's arrangement, um, they did not credit the other person Mm -hmm. because that's... Kind of not how it really works when you're yeah. dealing with music rights. And I'm not saying that that's how it should be. I think you should give credit to everybody that influences your work. I mean, you have to do it when writing a paper for school. You should have to do it for something like this, yeah, where your song true. is being put out. Like, like you could buy this Glee version of this song on iTunes, yeah. and the person who made the arrangement will not see a penny. Jesus. So, and the person who did the arrangement like called out the show and was like, "Hey, that's really shitty that you didn't." You know, credit me in any way, shape, or form. And they basically just were like, whatever. And then they did it again two seasons later. That's fucking <laughs> In weird. a very similar situation. Taking like a very upbeat song and making it like slow and weird. I'm trying to figure out who the, the slow version is by. It's, I, I kind of want to say, and I don't super remember his name, I think it's Ingrid Michelson's ex husband. Yeah. Marlon Alvis? No. It was just on YouTube. I'm gonna keep looking. Let's, but we can keep talking about the episodes. Well, I don't know that I have too much left to say. Yeah. I just... This episode my, sucked. It's so bad. It... It... Uh... I just... I've never been angrier at an episode of a TV show. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying something. I'm not saying... I've watched a lot of TV shows. You watched a lot of Drag Race. But <laughs> that alone... That's different. That's more... (laughs) Like, I've never been angry at, like, the writing of... A scripted television? A scripted... Like, they purposely made it this way. You know, I was just thinking last night after we'd done a couple of these, um, I've been doing a lot of focus on, like, close reading stuff and, like, reading like a writer, and I kind of realized that um, through uh, the Hannah Montana podcast, Mm -hmm. I turned myself into, like someone who watches TV like a writer. <laughs> and, no, now I, well. and now I like struggle with scripted shows like this. I mean, I always struggled with the writing on Glee, but now I like extra struggle because what always bothers me, and this is what bothers me with Hannah Montana as well, is that I, a relatively untrained, unemployed person, can come up with a better rewrite of an episode it yeah. still has the same bones and concept and make it worlds better. And these professional people are then catering this stuff to me where I'm like, but I literally could write this script better. If they gave me this script and were like, just take a pass at it, I would have turned out an infinitely better product in oh, this episode. And that's like, and so now it's like, <laughs> I'm in this like cha- challenge where I'm watching this show that I've historically loved so much. And I'm just like, man, I just want to... Go piece by piece and, like, put it back together. Patreon bonus episode. We take an an episode of Glee and we rewrite the story to make it better. (laughs) That would be really fun. (laughs) But, I mean, I get it. Because now that I've taken a bunch of playwriting classes, I can't, like, watch a movie now and not think of, like, how the script was written. Yeah. Like, what I would do differently to make it infinitely more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, I – that no, it happens to me now with, like, I feel like almost everything that I watch. Even, like, casual stuff online. Yeah. That's why I've been watching a lot of reality TV. Yeah, that's fair. Because it's it's easier for my brain to just turn off when watching, like, Drag Race or Kitchen Nightmares yeah. or some shit like that. Because it's, like, I don't care. I feel like that's why now a show that's, like, legitimately good is, like, hitting so much harder for me. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm almost done watching all of Frasier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... And, which is like a lot. I'm on like deep season 11 of Frasier right now. Mm-hmm. And I think why I'm enjoying it so much is because I'm not thinking about how to rewrite it because I'm already like, this is smarter than anything I could ever write. Squid Game you know? was the same way for me. It's it's like, okay, this, this is genuinely good. I can't imagine being good enough to come up with these ideas and put it together in this way. Yeah. And like Ted Lasso is kind of the same way for me where it's just like, I'm just able to purely enjoy it for how brilliant it is because I'm not having to dissect it moment by moment. <laughs> like in was yeah. shitty shows. Squid Game was like that for me. I really liked Squid Game mm-hmm. because it was just so upsetting but in a good way. <laughs> Maybe that's part of why I didn't like You Season 3 as much because it's I kept so... seeing ways to improve it. it. Season 3 of You is so predictable though. Like I... I, I was, I'm rewatching parts of Season 1 because my roommate's never seen it and I'm like... It's not a good show by any means, but it's so much more interesting in the first season. I think the first... The first season's really good. I think the first season is legitimately good TV. Yeah. And I think the second season is also very well done. I don't think it's as good. No. However, it's still very, very good. And then the third season has its moments. The third season, though, it's so obvious when they're just taking big swings at, like, political issues for no reason in this show. I don't... Yeah. I... I'm, I'm still very eager to hear your thoughts on the end of that season yeah, I because, watching it because I do think the ending is shocking and good. Okay. Uh, I believe you. But it's very weird. <laughs> but I also I will watch the other end of the spectrum shitty television shows like The Flash, where I'm like, I have no concept of how to rewrite this script because it's going to be bad no matter what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I'm okay with it. I'll watch it. <laughs> it's a shitty show and I'm okay with it. Yeah. But I would totally rewrite this episode. Yeah, I, for the most part, I've, I've kind of been impressed with some of these episodes of Glee at, like, because, like, I've been doing, like, a really big focus on Mm -hmm. the season two prom episode for this paper that I'm writing that by the time this is out will be barely a memory, Um, but I'm, I'm very, paying very close attention to that episode, and I think that episode was, like, very well-crafted. Yeah. From, a, from a just, like, technical writing perspective and from a directorial perspective, I thought it was shot beautifully. I thought it was acted very well. And even though it's still crazy in that trademark Glee way, I thought it was very well made. And this was just, like, the opposite of that. But I think- like Like, no choice was good. It wasn't well made. They kept doing these weird cuts and these weird shots. And also, it's... It's again the difference between the episode that's centered on the white man mm-hmm. versus an episode centered on a woman of color. Yeah, like it is. They do it so well when it's Kurt.
1: Mm-hmm. They do it
0: so well when even with Blaine, and yeah. he's not even white. But like they do it so well when it's Blaine or Kurt or Kurofsky even. Yeah, and it's bullshit because the minute it's Mercedes or Santana or Tina, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> and there's always, even even in the moments where it succeeds. Like, like Naya Rivera, the speech that she gives to her grandmother in that, Mm -hmm. well-performed. Yes. That should be a touching moment, but because we're already so frustrated by all the other stereotypes in this episode, it just honestly looks more like a stereotype. And, of course, her grandmother disowns her in the end anyways. Yeah, she disowns her pretty much immediately, and I would say, again, in this article that I read about this episode... They even critique that scene as, like, being, like, stereotypical against, like, Mexican people. <laughs> like, it's... Which it kind of is. I thought she was Puerto Rican. Or Dominican. I don't remember. What? It, it, I don't even know if they mention it ever. <laughs> she just says she, she's from Lila Heights or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just... I don't know. She calls her Abuelita, so... Yeah. Who knows? Um... Yeah, it's just, it's so I was weird. I was confused because she also placed the, the grandma on Jane the Virgin, which I've seen an episode here and there of. Really? And aren't they Mexican on that show? Yes. Okay. I believe See, so. Yes. See, that's why I was confused. Yeah. But regardless, it feels like a stereotype against Hispanic people. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Her grandmother literally starts the conversation with, you're too skinny, eat all this rice and beans. And she's like, do you need salsa? Like, yeah. it's... They have like an American flag on their refrigerator. I I wanted to ask about that American flag because it was like staring me in the face. It was just it was so, so weird, big on the refrigerator. It was, was like so weird. They're citizens, guys. Like, calm down. Like, <laughs> God, thank God they didn't try to do- document undocumented immigrants Can you on imagine if Like, thank fucking... God they didn't try to shoehorn in that plot. If she, were, like okay. Santana gets pulled over in New York or something. No, see, here's like, the thing. Here's the thing. I I would say most of the things that people throw out as they would do this on Glee today are not actual things that they would do on Glee. I think people forget that Glee did have some parameters (laughs) for what they did and didn't do. And I think if you look at what they did and didn't do and you look at what people are saying they would do, they don't really line up most of the time. Mm -hmm. However, (laughs) Glee absolutely would have done something with somebody in Santana's family being undocumented if this were on today. And I I 100% believe that to my core. Yeah, I would have been all up in there in some episode for some reason. I, I genuinely think that that's a storyline that they would have done. Ugh. Or they would have made it about DACA in some way. Ugh. I I guarantee it. And if it comes well, from I mean, me, you know. It's even worse, though, if they're Puerto Rican. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's... I'm going to Google, like, it, how do I Google that? You know what? I'm not going to say it out loud. Why don't you go to the, like, Santana Lopez wiki or whatever? lee.fandom.com. That's probably what you want. Yeah. Lopez is a pretty Mexican last name, I think. Santana Diabla Lopez? Her middle name is Diabla? I have no recollection of them ever saying that on the show. That's what the to I'm going to keep an ear out now to see if they ever actually say that her middle name is Diabla because I'm pretty sure they never say that. So maybe that's a fan insert. I don't know. Yeah. And and listen, I'm willing to eat my words if it turns out they do, like, in the wedding episode or whatever, call her, like, by her full name, Santana Diablo. You know what? Actually, I bet that is the episode in and I bet that Brittany says something to Santana and, like, says her full name. Oh, my God. Brittany could be wrong or joking because she's dumb, but they're saying that's actually her middle name is Diablo. There's no way. Come on. Yeah. That's too much. Uh, it You better not get any spoilers from doing this. No, I am skipping the things that say season four. I'm just trying to... It doesn't say what her ethnicity is. I'm just gonna... I can find out Naya Rivera's. I don't know if that means the same thing canonically. I don't think it does. Okay, she's black and Puerto Rican. Well, that's Naya Rivera. So I guess... It is implied that she is from the Dominican public as the Dominican flag is seen on her fridge in I Kiss a Girl. But so is the American flag. Okay. <laughs> Sure. So I guess she is Dominican. Okay. But Naya Rivera was Puerto Rican and black. So. Did you see that? I almost threw my phone. <laughs> but I caught it. <laughs> Good job. Anyways, this is a weird episode and I hate it. I hate it. I need to shower after the episode. and I already showered today. Yeah, you showered like right before we watched this. Yeah. <laughs> That's how dirty this episode was. <laughs> my hair is still wet. We're all <laughs> contaminated by it. Okay. Um, episode gets a two out of ten. Next week's sectionals. <gasps> but Rachel won't be there. Who's going to replace her? Is it going to be Rachel? No. No. Is she really not going to sing in the next episode? I think she probably sings, but she doesn't sing at sectionals. Ooh. I mean, maybe she doesn't. I just. Can you get Lauren's Ices back? I wish that they would get Lauren's Ices back. I miss Lauren's Ices. Me too. Remember when they made their own songs? Me neither, because it sucked. <laughs> They wrote the song the day before fucking Nationals, and they're like, oh, man, we didn't win. I think about that all the time. All the time. Mr. Shu should have been fired. <laughs> he ab- he should have been like if- fired after season one. <laughs> no, but, like, Principal, F- just because, like, schools care more about, like, sporting results, and this is, like, a competition, so it's, like, close to sporting. Yeah. Principal figure should have been, like, you, uh, you did what at Nationals? No, get out of here. You're fucking fired. <laughs> yeah. I'm dude. not gonna pay for a Glee club if this is how you're gonna lead if it. You're gonna you know, be like, all right, guys, let's get on the plane. We have to write two songs. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. It's genuinely idiotic. Did Did you ever question that watching it the first time? Um. Maybe. I don't really remember how I felt about that specifically, because I was just happy that Kurt and Blaine said, I love you. Oh, yeah. That's true. Also, I really liked that episode when it originally aired. It was probably, like, my favorite episode of that season. It's not a bad episode. It's just fucking weird. It's a good episode. It just... Yeah, it's... (laughs) It's... It's glee, is what it is. Yeah. Because, again, not to keep harping on this paper I'm writing, but... I say so many times, I so many times in this paper, I try to convey to a potential reader who's never seen Glee what Glee is, and it's so difficult. I was like, listen, it's it operate. It's like we have to tackle every single real world issue. However, we are so detached from reality that sometimes we're satire, sometimes we're camp, and sometimes we're just <laughs> flat out unincoherent. Like it's just. Like, that's what Jagged Little Pill we is. Can do. Jagged Little Pill? That's what that is, too. <laughs> Jagged Little Pill is Glee. Oh my god, I put it together. You cracked the code. I cracked the code. They just watched Glee and they're like, we can write a musical and then only use Alanis Morissette. Man, Glee's impact between that and creating the Imagine video inadvertently. <laughs> that's a throwback for, <coughs> for the real TH Glee fans listening oh my at home. Oh god. <laughs> Can you do Galvin, uh, do singing, imagine? <laughs> I didn't actually watch the video with audio, so I don't know how she specifically sounds in the video, but I can just do my approximation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine all the planes. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> You flying for today. <laughs> and there is a man inside the planes. <laughs> Below him, only sky. (laughs) Stop. Shut up. You asked me to do that. You asked, you explicitly, I have recording footage in front of me that says you asked me to do it. I asked you to sing Imagine (laughs) and you went off about the planes again. So does she. That's how Gal Gadot is. She's always talking about the man who loves planes. I knew a man. (laughs) He loved Plane. <laughs> he would have loved this plane. It dips a little into like Russian. Russian. <laughs> Your little little um Florence Pew and Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it dips into. Oh, oh my god. Okay, okay, we have to end this episode. Yes. Future us. <laughs> I forgot that I had to end it. It's Future a theme. <laughs> it's like I look at you and then I just blank. So. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, she's here. <laughs> oh my god, I'm in Portland. Anyways, future us, Take it away. I have to pee so bad. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening to another episode of TH Glee. If you like this episode, you can give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to see more from us, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at THGlee420. If you want to hear more of my voice, you can check out Pumping Up the Podcast, a Hannah Montana podcast, or follow me on Twitter at LovelyLisey. And if you want to hear more of my voice, you can listen to Ramsey's recaps and trailer trash or follow me on Twitter at 40 style. And until next time, don't stop believing. Oh my God. (laughs)